Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Great, I'm back. Uh, Cherish Compulsive Overeater, third step, made a decision to our, in our lives. Let me just start with a quick serenity prayer. Because uh, <laughs> God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. I sometimes throw that prayer at myself when I'm feeling like scattered or untethered. So um, I give you uh, like a little of my history since some a lot of your faces look new to me. So I'm Trish, I'm compulsive overeater of the um, hundred pounder variety. So I, um, in my top weight, it was around 330 pounds. I am down, you know, a little more than a hundred pounds from that. Um, I have a large five-year relapse in the middle of my story. So I showed up in program many years ago. I don't know when. Um, I did a few years of program. I came, I got a food plan. I got the books. I I, I mostly treated it like a diet, lost a hundred pounds, did it all on my own. And then something happened (laughs) that I can't entirely identify, but I sort of just forgot that I had a program. I had gotten disconnected from the program and then there was like a little bad thing happened in my life and I forgot that I don't eat chocolate, right? And so then I started eating chocolate and that was kind of like whatever with food. And so then I I was out of program for another five years. I'd put a hundred pounds back on and um, I came back seven years ago and I did the, uh, and this time I had to, uh, you know, I was mad. I didn't want to come back. Super mad that this was the only option that I needed to do this. Um, and I, um, you know, I kind of had to do everything differently. I had to get a real sponsor and do the steps for real. And I had to connect with people. And I had to really, 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 my first sponsor kept me in step one for an entire year. Which <laughs> just like, I think it was a good thing, but I really had to get it. And I'd get it now. Like I get, I am a compulsive overeater. I belong here. I am one of you. I am powerless over food and my life becomes unmanageable. And part of what my disease looks like is um, I have a, a disconnect from reality, really. I guess we could say like my disease is all about forgetting. Like I forget that I have a problem with food. I forget that, I forget that these actions that I take, like going to meetings, picking up the phone, doing step work, I forget that they matter. Um, When I get disconnected from the program, I go back to thinking everything's fine. Right? And it's sort of tough to have my default 
idea of the world be that everything is great because it's a nice place to live. <laughs> like it's a nice, I enjoy my, my denial. Um, and so it's hard, it's hard to come back. Uh, so yeah, so this time around, it, it was completely different. And you know, the weight loss wasn't so quick. This is now the fourth time I have lost a hundred pounds. Um, the putting on of a hundred pounds happens in, you know, I was not a fat kid. I was an athlete. I was not, um, you know, it didn't happen for me until later in life. And I can't even say why, right? Why, why is not a spiritual question, but you know, somewhere in my adolescence, probably, you know, growing up in a super conservative, tiny little town where there are no people with gender ambiguities or, you know, gay, anything. Um, you know, I, I, I think I was trying to clamp down on something. And so I began to eat and, uh, and it wasn't, you know, because I was an athlete, it didn't happen in a debilitating way. Um, but I put on maybe 10 pounds a year through college, you know, through my twenties until I was 300 pounds. Right. Um, and the whole time I was still uh, like physically active. And so, you know, I was playing volleyball. I could still get up over the net at 300 pounds. And so it helped me to stay in denial. Right. I am not, this is not a problem. I, I really believed I was a normal weight person walking around in the room. Like I was most often the largest person in the room and I could not deal with that. Like I could not deal with the truth of that. So I just made it not true in my head. And so a lot, a lot, a lot of secrets, a lot of secrets, a lot of dishonesty and most of it, you know, with myself. So um, this time through, I, you know, everything is harder. <laughs> everything is better. Everything is more true and more freedom from food and denial than I've ever had. But it's not like it's been, I have a sponsor right now who talks about my um, step work as an archeological dig. <laughs> She's like, you know, it seems like there's nothing you got. Like, I have no connection to what's happening. And there'll be like a little thing sticking up out of the dust. And she'll kind of help me brush away the soil and see if it's a thing. Like there's like an entire dinosaur under there. And I have no idea. She has no idea. She's like, I don't, I don't know what's, you know, she'll just kind of help me. She's like, mm, I'm guessing there's something there, you know, like your entire four step and your mom doesn't show up once. Let, let's revisit, you know, like <laughs> that. So, uh, you know, she's been really good at just, it has taken me a long time to get through these steps. I'm a, just ending step 10 right now and uh, right, I'm at seven years. So I am not on the fast track to uh, anything in particular, <laughs> but um, it's been a, an extraordinarily different journey through the steps this time. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of how, how it was. Um, you know, what got me here both times was uh, uh, I could no longer physically 
do what I needed to do in the world. Like there was some sort of thing that happened because of my weight that I was just like, oh, you know, that was my surrender. The first time there was something in my brain that uh, I was told if I did not, you know, take my weight down at least 10%, I was going to go blind. And I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. Blind seemed like a really bad thing. Um, and the second time I, I, I split an ankle tendon doing some stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing it at that weight. And then um, I was off my foot for six months. And what happened in that amount of time was that I, I became really debilitated. Like I had to pull myself up stairs. And I felt like an old, old, old disabled person. And I just don't, like, I don't, I mean, I still hold on to this idea that I'm, you know, I'm an, I'm an athlete. <laughs> it's not actually true. Like the older I get, <laughs> you know, there's like this way that I, you just can't, I can't do the things, you know, so now and then I'll injure myself because I have, again, fantasy, but um, I'm pulling up my time. <clears throat> All right. So, and today we're talking about the third step. And the third step is amazing. Like for me, I feel like it's another one of those things I forget over and over and over again. I forget that I have a higher power. I forget that I came to believe <laughs> that the higher power could return to sanity. Um, and I do not stay connected. I do not remember to use my higher power to take these higher power actions. Um, and I had a, so I'll give you like a very specific, just today, like what's happening today. I was just on vacation, which is amazing, right? Pandemic, we don't get to do that. Um, we had a couple of friends, they've got some vaccines. We all got tested, you know, we all quarantined so we could road trip down to Palm Springs. And uh, it was really exciting. And I'm really, really, really good at vacation. like. You know, in that way that I can step into everything is great this is absolutely true on vacation. Everything's great. Everything stay on hold. Nothing matters. And, you know, we spent the whole week like splashing around in the pool and laughing and singing and playing games. And then we come back and everything's fun, you know, like a giant road trip. Um, and then it, they park in front of my house and I have this panic, like physiological dump of adrenaline. I was like, mm, no, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot something important, certainly. And it's my fault. It was my responsibility to remember I fucked up. Oh, ooh, sorry about the obscenity is on the recording. Um, and, I, and then I go through my life. I'm like, okay, so I look at like everything the promises says, financial insecurity. Like I look at everywhere in my life that I'm not handling my financial business. I'm just like, I, and then I punish myself for it because that's useful. And then I look at people in my life. Like who am I, like my, my, my wife, we were like amazing relation. Like she loves me and sees me, it's crazy. But I decide I have completely fucked that up. 
Oh my God, again with the, okay, I'm gonna try harder. Okay, um, right, I have ruined us. I've ruined our connection. Um, and I go through all the things that I'm supposed to be relieved of by now. And I realize I am, I, I just suck. And I, and I feel it like in my body, I'm in panic, I'm in a panic. And so, you know, I wake up this morning, I always wake up a little more cheerful. And so I'm not in the panic, but I can still see every one of those. And I'm sort of like journaling a little bit because writing is a tool of the program that is amazing about getting me out of my denial. And I can see each one of these things. And I realize that every single thing that I'm afraid of right now. So here's the third step part. <laughs> so I think I screwed it up, which means I'm in control, right? Of everything. I, it's, I'm completely in self-will. I'm completely in self-will. It's my responsibility. Everything's mine. And it's my fault. And right. So there's that. And also in program, I've heard that um, fear and faith cannot coexist. And I heard that somewhere. And uh, so what that means to me is like when I'm in fear, which is what I was in, in that moment, that if I could do things, <laughs> take the actions that add more faith that have, I have found in the past, I've had more faith to let have connected me to this higher power thing, some sort of trust, then the fear dissipates, right? So just a, a bit about my higher power. My higher power is, I had a sort of a tenuous relationship with a God of a religion that uh, was certain, I was certain did not like me. Um, things didn't go well for me in my, in my early childhood through young adultness in, in the religion that I was um, raised in. Five minutes. Thank you. Yeah. So I had to, I had to heal myself of the idea that that was my higher power and come up with another higher power entirely, which is many, many things. But for the most part, it is my better self, like the parts of me that love me enough to, to care for myself, right? And sometimes that means saying no, right? Sometimes loving actions mean no. All right, I'm heading off in two different directions in my head. Forgive me for not preparing my talk today. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm gonna hit both of them. Okay, so the things that I do for my program, right? So I plan my food every morning. I share it with my sponsor. Um, I eat three meals and nothing in between because I'm a grazer. I just wanna eat all day long. I just wanna eat little bits of food. I don't ever wanna be hungry. I want the morphine drip. I don't wanna feel, I don't wanna feel the bad things anyway. Um, I have a couple sponsees. I have a sponsor I call twice a week. 
I go to actually a meeting every day now in the pandemic because there's just no excuse not to. But in the real world, it was three meetings a week. Um, I work the steps. And the food planning is the place where I take my will back most frequently. Um, I will forget about my higher power and giving things over. So maybe that's taking my will back too. But the place that I can see it is in my food, right? And so when I forget that that grape is just sitting on the counter, like harmless, like how is this grape in between my meals going to change anything? It's just a grape, right? How is this grape self-harm that I'm supposed to protect myself from? Like how is licking this spoon while I'm preparing a meal, I'm about to eat it anyway, it's the same food that's on my plate. How is that self-harm, right? I have discovered it absolutely is for me, those little, those little boundary pushing activities help me forget that I have a higher power. It's like I put that grape in, in between myself and break the connection. It's just like a grape, right? It doesn't even matter if it, like I'm cleaning after dinner, cleaning the kitchen, which is not something I celebrate and enjoy. And so if there's like a little crusty bit left in the pan, well, doesn't that seem like my reward for having to do all this stuff I don't wanna do, right? I don't see that as self-harm, but when I make these exceptions, which I do, I have an abstinence, it's extraordinary, but also imperfect, right? Those are the guideposts I see. Like I do not end up back in bed with a pizza and ice cream anymore. Like I am not eight years ago, Trish. I am. Um, but I am boundary pushing Trish, <laughs> right? And so, uh, one more minute. Okay, so that that is the area that I have to. When that happens, I tell my sponsor, and I be and I give my food over. And then I'm going to share with you one third step action I take because it took me years to do this, and I've heard people do this, right? Make a God box, put something in it, right? Sounds ridiculous. I come from New York. We don't do God boxes, right? I come from us like a family of scientists. We don't do God boxes, right? However, like I had a sponsor again. Did you put anything out? Did you put anything in your God box? Did you put anything in your God box for years? And I'm like, whatever. So the third step is about decisions. I heard this too in a decisions and trust, right? That's what I heard somebody say in a meeting. The third step is about decisions and trust. Made a decision. And trust, right, is that, that faith component. That if I take this action that somebody said worked for them, I have a God box right now. I just put some stuff in it, right? It's got like pieces of paper. Today, I made note, I put in Today's talk, today's share, look, right? Cause I didn't do anything. I was on vacation. <laughs> I put it in here, right? My food today, why? Because I just got back from vacation 
and that grape on the counter ended up in my mouth this time. So that happened. Um, fear of returning from play. I put that in because I don't know where that's coming from. And I do know that figuring it out is not a tool of a program. So what I want to do, I want to sit, I want to figure it out in my head. But somehow if I put it on a little piece of paper and I put it in a box, enough times I forget that it's my job to figure it out. So, yeah, I don't know. And I am a completely different person than I was eight years ago. And I don't remember that. And I don't see that. But when I go back and I like look through my step work, which I had to do recently for <laughs> my sponsor told me to, it was, I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I have a higher power. I have a program. I take the actions. I am a person with integrity. I still have denial, but I am trying really hard to see the truth. And, and, and a lot more often than I used to, I do. So thank you very much for, for letting me, let me share. <laughs>